Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. Oh, hey, Todd. Dr. Brignall. Howdy. Fancy, fancy meeting you here. Yep, yep, once again. Although, is this the first time we've ever recorded on a Thursday? I think this is the inaugural. We first. are like Friday people, but yeah, we decided to go Thursday today. Yeah, well, we had some traveling to do. Mm-hmm. Conflict, yeah. Well, it's exciting. Maybe some there'll be some uh, some magic happening. Sparks fly. I don't think we can Rainbows, prevent that from happening unicorns. at this point. No, okay. no it's a guarantee. <laughs> we don't need Thursday for magic to happen. Yeah. Uh, so today we're going to talk about how to handle romantic rejection. Mm. Definitely got this question a number of times. Comes up a lot in therapy. Um, and I mean, honestly, who hasn't been there, right? That's yeah. I think we all can kind of relate to and have struggled with in one in one way or another. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. evergreen topic. Um, yeah, where do you want to start with this? What do you think would be a good place to, to dive in? Well, the, the question that we got, I believe this is from an audience member, just said, how do you handle yeah. romantic rejection? And um, um, so I'm curious as to, you know, of course, what do you mean by handle? <laughs> um, I think there's this, idea out there like in the ether the cultural ether that um you know everyone's got their theory about like what you should do after a breakup mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know everyone's got a lot of advice for you like, oh like behaviorally here's how what you yeah should do. or even just how you should think about it or okay. like yeah um so I, I think it, there's this very strong idea that there is like a good way to respond to a breakup and bad destructive ways to respond to um rejection in particular mm. and so i think people pretty quickly get into this mindset of like, it's this process and I have to I like, I don't want to do it. The, I don't want to do it the wrong way. I need to do it the right way. But, but more generally it's there, there probably is something to the idea that like you could, you could probably approach rejection in a relatively healthy, productive way or a relatively unproductive, unhealthy way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And so mate, let's, let's kind of take that as the general thrust of this question. Okay. Well, I, I I think the, the one of the biggest things I see with uh, people struggling with uh, romantic breakup, I guess behaviorally, would be rumination. Mm, define that real quick. Um, this uh, a, a habit of internally, um, cognitively, kind of going over and over, maybe what happened, um, why they did what they did, why you did what you did, how you could have prevented, gotcha. um, what went wrong. I mean, that kind of um, real repetitive. Uh, thought process uh, that that uh, doesn't seem to produce a lot of great outcomes. I think of it as unproductive thinking about the past. Mm-hmm. That's a mm-hmm. basic definition for rumination. You know, and I think that I think one motivation for this is that people are genuinely hurting, mm-hmm. um, and they want to understand why they're hurting. You know, it's a really common question to ask why. And to really want to understand why, and oftentimes when something's going on that we 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 hate, <laughs> we we, are, it's really normal for our minds to look for control, mm-hmm. and so we go back and we look at what could I have done differently? Yeah, why did they do that, and what could I have done to avoid that, or whatever it is? You can't change the past, but thinking about it and kind of problem solving it kind of feels like you can do something. It, you're, you are yeah. doing something right in your head, yeah, even you're if figuring it's just, it out. Yeah. yeah, or it feels that way, right? Yeah. It kind of yeah. gives that illusion of control. Um, yeah. And you see a lot of people who want closure here. They want lots uh, of closure. They want maybe contact with the, the ex to understand, um, or, but they want some sort of 
a knowledge that will help them feel like they can move on. And usually it's when you dig into this, what people want with closure is they want certainty. They want to either understand exactly why it happened um, or they want to know for sure that the other person doesn't think badly of them or what, what exactly was going through the other person's mm-hmm. mind, why they rejected me or broke up with me. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a, again, sort of like control, the, the need or desire for certainty is it's a very human natural thing, but it can be, it can lead us down um, troubling pathways. I think if we are too fixated on achieving in a kind of a perfectionistic way, like I must have, when you, if you say I must have closure, if you define that as I'm as I must have certainty about all the things that went into this and what everyone else everyone was thinking and you know that's that's a pretty I would argue a pretty unrealistic expectation and it might be a setup for continued disappointment and yeah. frustration. Yeah, I think you're right. I think um breakups and and grief are, are areas where closure is usually unobtainable. The other thing too that's kind of subtle but I think important is what when you, like you said, I think we all want to kind of understand what actually happened. This painful thing happened. We want to understand. I, I think there's a distinction between do, why do you want to understand? Do you want to understand so that you can learn from this experience and grow and, and have, you know, a, a different, healthier, whatever kind of relationship going forward? Or do you want to understand because you're kind of hoping that if I understand why it happened, I won't feel so bad anymore? Yeah, maybe both too. Yeah. yeah. And I think the it the the second one is tricky because getting feeling bad after a breakup or a romantic rejection is inevitable. It's awful. <laughs> you are gonna feel awful. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or at least you're gonna feel bad in proportion to how much you invested in that or cared about that relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you if you you know, if you cared a lot about it. Um, and it invested a lot, like basic as a rule of thumb, like you're going to feel proportionally bad to that. Yeah. And, and, and I, I would even posit, I mean, this may vary in, in, in degrees from person to person, context to context, but, um, oftentimes breaking up with someone is, is similar. It, it still feels awful. Yeah. It, it's still a, a recovery period to that and some mourning to, to do. So I think, I think that's important to recognize and kind of validate in yourself after a rejection or a breakup, whether you were broken up with or rejected or you did the rejecting or breaking up with, is that like it's, it sucks to feel bad, but it doesn't mean something's wrong that you feel bad, mm-hmm. right? And whatever that bad is, whether you feel angry or guilty or anxious or sad or like whatever the feeling is, right? It, just because it's painful doesn't mean it's bad or wrong to feel that way. Yeah, I think that the, the trick is to not allow that pain to to trigger that that ruminative kind of behavior where you know you you, you wake up and you kind of realize, oh, I'm alone, and what what happened, and and it's easy to go into that ruminative behavior there rather than just kind of feel alone and feel hurt and and accept that that's kind of where you're at. Oftentimes, it kind of triggers these behaviors that are even more painful, you know? And I think that's the core. Um, one of the core problematic dynamics in, in rejection is you, on some level, you kind of think it's wrong or bad to feel bad, right? I shouldn't be feeling this way anymore. It's, or to it's miss been, that person and think of them a lot or what yeah. I shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. It's been a month. I should just be able to move on. Like, well, I'm still feeling bad. Mm-hmm. Something must be wrong. I can't keep feeling this way. 
So I'm going to analyze what happened again. What right? happened? How did this go on? Yeah, and, and right back into that and rumination. And that's going to lead to more of that, those kind of difficult emotions. And a, and a maintenance of this really painful period in your life. And there's yeah. the, the real issue with rumination. Is it just going to magnify, exacerbate, and, and lengthen this kind of mourning? Because it's, it's kind of unhealthy mourning. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of understandable because I, I know in my experience, um, both myself, but observing other people, like as soon as you go through a breakup or you get rejected, the entire world is like ready and super willing to start giving you advice about what you should do. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Yeah. Everybody telling knows. you their story yeah. and like how that. Yeah. And so it's very easy to get these like bits of advice or kind of like templates for how things should go, how you think should things should go. People are telling you. Well, you know, you take a week or two to kind of, you know, process or whatever. And then, then you can start moving on. You yeah. know, you just got to like stop thinking about it, get rid of everything and just move on. Yeah. Right? Start dating again. Start dating right away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I think you really got to be careful of the advice and input you're getting externally and say, does this really match up with, with me, my values, my personality, mm-hmm. with what's going on? You know, is this... You know, do I need to kind of take this stuff at face value or can I sort of accept those but not necessarily um, live my life according to those? Uh, yeah. So I think that's something is <laughs> don't worry about managing your own emotions. Worry more about kind of managing expectations, other people's expectations for you and your own sort of expectations and trying to see like, is this realistic? I, I might want to be able to move on and just let go of everything after a month or two. But like, is that super realistic? If you if you spent three years investing a good portion of your life in this person, in this relationship, how realistic is that after three months, you're just not going to think about that person anymore and not feel bad anymore? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and this is a... I often tell my clients, never get in a fight with your thoughts or feelings, right? <laughs> it's just not a good idea. And, and here's one where it, it's, gonna, it's just painful. It's just awful. You know, I mean, it, it, it's, it can be pretty, pretty brutal in there. Um, so the idea that you're going to start somehow telling yourself you shouldn't feel this way, mm-hmm. man, can you imagine the, the, the problems and, and frustrations that's going to come out of that? Because you're not going to change that pain for a while and being willing to be in that pain. Um, and also just looking at, are you functioning? Are you behaving in a way that's healthy for you? I think is a better thing than kind of referring to how you feel in those yeah. moments to gauge how you're doing. But, um, but, but I agree. I think, uh, you know, just accepting that it's going to be painful and then really paying more attention to how you're functioning, um, and less to the advice of everybody else around you who, who is full of advice. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. One of my little mantras is, um, probably shouldn't put expectations on your feelings. Yeah, that's a hard one. Yeah. (laughs) It's very natural, right? But in general, putting expectations on things you can't control is usually a setup for um, longer term suffering. Yeah. And you may have some historical, you know, experience with that emotion, but man, contacts are just a little wacky every time. (laughs) Okay. So let's talk about sort of given all that, that sort of theoretical just like real practically, like someone's, maybe they're not falling into any of these like major kind of traps, but they're just having a hard time mm-hmm. getting through it. Like, what would you say are some kind of like practical tips? I don't know, advice. I mean, we talked about being careful about advice, but advice can be good, can be helpful, right? Um, what have you seen work well when it comes to, like when people do navigate a rejection or a breakup well, what are some patterns that you see? 
the, the patterns I see are, are definitely uh, avoiding the rumination. So um, really targeting those, uh, you know, those demands for closure, um, you know, eliminating contact is, is tends to be a good thing and not going through their Facebook, Instagram <laughs> accounts every day. And I mean, these are ruminative behaviors. You're, you're kind of visiting this pain yeah. in a, in a very behaviorally ruminative rumination kind of way. And so it's just going to magnify and intensify your pain. So, and I think there's a, an important distinction there between, um, avoiding seeking out the, these sort of reminders mm-hmm. and the other person, right. But also acknowledging like you can't eliminate right. all triggers and right. memories of this person. And those are going to happen. And that's, that's part of, I think, healthy grieving is when those experiences come up, you're, you're given an opportunity to kind of healthy in a healthy way, orient to whatever images come up into your mind or memory yeah. you've had, or you're walking down the hall and there's a picture of that person that you realize you didn't have there. And, um, you know, those are moments where it's just really normal to have those, those, um, associations and that sadness come up, but it's another thing to sit on your couch for three hours perusing their social media, um, because you're alone and, and you right. feel bad. And usually what you're doing there is, um, probably not going to be the healthiest thing for you. Yeah. And I think one of the, it sounds simple, but one of the keys to avoiding that situation is that when those things, those memories, those triggers, those associations come up to really remind yourself it is normal that like memories of this person are going to come up. Mm -hmm. It would be crazy to think that they wouldn't. You can't control that. Mm -hmm. Right. And that those memories are going to have feelings attached to them. Mm -hmm. Probably not super. I mean, sometimes they might be enjoyable. Right. But uh, you're gonna have a lot of pain associated with those. And then, it's really critical to remind yourself that that's okay. That's normal for that to happen. Very much. And yeah. I, I would, I, in my experience, the degree to which you're good at doing that is predictive of how well you are able to kind of move, let it go and then move on after that. Yeah. It's when you, it's when you like think that that's bad or try to avoid feeling that at all that you actually end up in these like ruminative spirals that make you feel even way worse than you did initially. Yeah. The other thing I recommend for clients is that um, after a breakup, you have all this time. Um, The things that you used to do with this person are now, it's alone time. Um, And there's nothing wrong with filling that with like really healthy habits or routines or or self-discovery or self-reflection that you'd like to take with you in the future. So um, all of a sudden, sometimes there's this all this space and time in people's lives and what they end up doing with it is a lot of rumination. Yeah. And um, to really start healthy behaviors in that time. It's kind of like a really good self-care moment where mm-hmm. it's, it's a time in your life where it's transition and pain and taking good care of yourself and even using that as an opportunity to self-reflect and self-improve. There's nothing wrong with that at all, yeah. but to not let a bunch of empty time uh, get occupied by ruminating and, yeah. and just sort of piggyback on that. I, if I just look at my experience with people going through rejection and breakups and, and looking at who, who tends to deal with it well and come out of it well and who has really struggles and has a hard time, I think there's a very strong correlation between the number of high-quality, healthy, enjoyable relationships you have in your life outside of your romantic mm-hmm. relationship mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how well you get through that, that period of rejection and grieving. So when you come out of a rejection, but you are coming out of it into a couple really good friends you have good relationships with a sibling or a, mm-hmm. a, a parent or something. When you have a group of core people outside of that romantic relationship that you have really good, solid, enjoyable, um, yeah, relationships and experiences with, I, I've just seen that that is very predictive of 
doing well. So this is almost kind of a preventative thing that yeah. one of the best ways to buffer yourself against really getting slammed after a rejection is to not put all your eggs in one basket. If you're relying on one person to be your kind of social social network of one, yeah. right? It's going to be really hard when that person goes away. Very much, yeah. So to, yeah, to focus those, uh, yeah, using your uh, social relationships to help you get over a breakup is not a bad idea. There's, it's a good source of validation. Hey everyone, Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks. Thanks.